0: plushcare.com slash weightloss. This is the podcast of a woman named Rad and a man named Paul. Welcome to Game for Anything.
1: Hey, I'm Rad. And I'm Paul. And it has been a very interesting week for news in the gaming slash tech slash pop culture Slash fun realm, which is really what we cover on this podcast, right?
0: Pretty much. And speaking of slash, I think it's fair well. to say that <laughs> juggernauts of the industries have been slashed out of existence. Is that fair?
1: Well, I wouldn't say slashed out of existence, but things are spicy in uh, in the world of <laughs> stuff that we have two stories for you. So the first one, <laughs> imagine that you are... manufacturer of goods let's say cars you've been doing it for a little while you make you know Mm -hmm. quite high-end cars lots of fresh new technology in them and in 2015 you start making cars with a particular feature and you do that for many years and then along comes 2023 and the US regulator tells you that you're going to have to recall these cars because they keep crashing. Wouldn't that just be the craziest no. thing that you just like, it just doesn't happen, right? That'd be crazy.
0: Yeah, look, I'm going to go ahead and assume hypothetically that the person this uh, is happening to is a really good person that is universally liked, right? Because otherwise this story would have a degree of, uh, you know, sch- schadenfreude, is that the word?
1: Um, I don't know what that means, but, uh, <laughs> but I do see what you're getting at. <laughs> I think you do now. <laughs> Look, he is a divisive figure in the world of tech. It is, of course, Elon Musk with his company, Tesla. Over two million vehicles are affected, basically any that were released with the autopilot driver assistance system, Mm. which got introduced in 2015. Now, first of all, calling this driver assistance system, quote-unquote, autopilot, mistake, incorrect, (laughs) wrong. We shouldn't have done that. It's not autopilot, it's just its just like driver assistance, it's just like lane control and stuff.
0: Right, so it's like aim assist on a shooter when you're playing on a console, basically. It kind of gets you in the right, roughly in the right direction, right?
1: Uh, yes, so I've not used Tesla's version of this, but driver assistance systems in cars, and I'm telling you this in great detail because I know that you don't drive, Paul. <laughs>
0: Um <laughs> enchanted chariots <laughs> is what I think of cars as. So thank you, I appreciate that.
1: Well, it's actually really cool for me as well cuz I got a new car like not too long ago and prior to that I was driving like a 2008 manual Yaris that did not have any fancy features whatsoever. It goes forward, it goes backwards. <laughs> the rest is none of its business. Uh but I recently
0: Oh my god.
1: I love a shitbox, what can I say? <laughs> But recently, I got a fancy new car that actually has quite a lot of bells and whistles, including a reversing camera. That shit is revolutionary. (laughs) I always forget to look at it because I'm not used to needing it. But it has a ton of driver assistance features as well, like lane control and adaptive cruise control. And it's pretty impressive, like getting into a car that does that for the first time. It can maintain a certain distance from the car in front of you and things like that. But Tesla's system isn't necessarily that much more than that. It's supposed to assist with steering, braking and acceleration. It does not just drive. It's it's not an auto driving car. It's not a self-driving car.
0: It's not a valet. You haven't got a British man sitting in the front and you can say, oh, take me to the parlor games and it will <laughs> drive you there. It will get you roughly northwards. And that's about, the rest is up to you is what you're saying.
1: You are still meant to drive this vehicle. Yes, it's just a little, <laughs> it's just a little helpy okay. help for the girlies, you know? And look, Tesla do have like fairly impressive technology in this area as well. Like I would say that they push into this space more than a lot of other car manufacturers. That's me very carefully not saying that it's better because I don't know that it's better. It's just they care more about it, right? They invest more in it. And there are people that have used this quote unquote autopilot as a self-driving thing there are people that like fall asleep behind the wheel and things like that which is part of the problem
0: so what is the exact reason being given by the government to magically recall and by the way in my head they're pressing a big button at the HQ and they're just all the cars are coming in like rats but what is the what, what is the actual <laughs> reason g- g- given for this huge recall all at once
1: okay i'll answer your first question The U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or NHTSA, said a two-year investigation of the 956 Tesla crashes found (laughs) that the, quote, prominence and scope of the feature's controls may not be sufficient to prevent driver misuse. Automated technology holds great promise for improving safety, but only when it's deployed responsibly.
0: I guess what they've done in, um, in more human terms for someone who doesn't understand cars is that imagine there was a baby who would grow up to be an amazing <gasps> pilot. You can't get that baby to fly a plane yet. They're not ready. Really. Is, is that a terrible uh, metaphor? Maybe like a <laughs> I, think
1: I, I think it's more like the baby is training to be a pilot and then right. the person who owns the baby makes them fly the plane and says, <laughs> I'm not helping, but the they were supposed to help right no wait and then what?
0: <laughs> the baby kills a whole lot of people and then all the babies are recalled to a factory where god knows what happens <laughs> also rad you can't own a baby
1: the baby <laughs> plows through an ambulance that's parked on the side of the road attending to a scene that actually happened with the teslas not a baby
0: oh my god was the ambulance being also driven by a baby who is more liable in a dual baby for this <laughs> f- stupid
1: stuff? baby be baby <laughs> but uh, to, yeah. answer, to answer the second <laughs> kind of question that you had in there sure they're not actually doing a physical recall which is very disappointing in some ways because i i would just love the chaos of it
0: and what is it does it just like a like a laser dot appear on it and just a huge like anti-personnel round <laughs> blows the car out of orbit like what the fuck is happening no
1: apparently there's going to be an over-the-air like software update Uh, but it still counts as a recall.
0: Like a death lullaby that just puts them all to sleep. You are my sunshine. They all just wind down.
1: Well, I find it a little bit scary that Teslas can have these over-the-air updates automatically that don't require... It doesn't sound like it requires you to really do anything. So what else? What bloody else can they be uploading or downloading from my vehicle? (laughs) I don't know about that one. I just don't think that the privacy measures are there.
0: Thank you for calling, uh, Neil Mitchell, uh, we'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) One day Neil's going to listen to the show, he's never going to listen to the show. Hey, speaking of other large things which some thought were unkillable that have been put well and truly to sleep, E3 is dead.
1: Uh, yes, the long-standing electronic exhibition expo? (laughs) What? I don't know what it stands for.
0: I don't know what E3 means. When I first heard about it, I assumed I was witnessing the advent of the third expo and that the first two were really good. And that's not <laughs> what it is at all. <laughs> I thought it was the third E.
1: I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up real quick.
0: Oh, no, here we go. Electronic Entertainment Expo.
1: No, now that I see it, I did know that. I swear I did know
0: that. I believe you. Yeah, uh,
1: so do I, because I believe women. Um, But E3 has long been referred to as gaming Christmas. It was the expo uh, held in LA where basically every big new release would get announced for the next year and even teasers into the, the coming years. So for it to be dead now, that's, that's huge news. Paul, why do you think this shift has happened in the culture of games?
0: I assume it's uh, uh, Wokeness probably did it based on the <laughs> internet. <It's... laughs> no, look, here's the thing. What's clearly happened is all the exhibitors have just started doing their own thing. They've just started branching out. And I mean, E3 started in a, the, a truly jankiest way. It was basically an offshoot of CES. They were exhibiting games in tents in the parking lot at CES in Vegas, And all the kind of distributors got together and went, this is not good enough. And the first one was held in 1995, which is also, by the way, Rad, the uh, place where I think the single best thing to happen at E3 happened at E3 that year and set the bar very, very high.
1: Was it me being born?
0: Were you born in 1995?
1: No, but I really got you there for a sec.
0: Oh my God. I just—I <laughs> I already feel so old all the time. So thank you to contributing to the ongoing wizening of my bones and structures. So, so I feel like that fucking tree from Pocahontas today. So the Sega Saturn was coming out and uh, basically Sega got on the stage. And at that point, Sega was huge. Uh, Sega or Sega? What do you say?
1: I say Sega, but every time I think about it, I also hear that scene from She's All That where he's like, Sega, you want to play some Sega? Hey, you want to play some Sega?
0: Sega! Oh, yeah, 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 that one. Great. Okay, so I'm going to say Sega. Right, so the Sega doesn't feel right, but I'm going to say it. The Sega was on stage in 1995 and they did this big kind of sizzle reel presentation for like, I think, half an hour where they were talking about all the different aspects of it. And then the sales exec got up in front of E3 and went, oh, and uh, by the way, uh, it's available for the low price of $399 uh, USD and it's available, surprise, right now. Like he literally, they launched it live on stage as a surprise. And next on stage was the Sony rep who walked up and just leaned into the mic and went, $299 And then left, and in that moment, undercut the entire market, and that's apparently what killed the Sega Saturn in America.
1: Honestly, that's just good business. If if you want to compete with the big boys, Sega, you gotta pull your buttons down and not charge another (laughs) (laughs) hundred.
0: Pull your buttons down. Is I
1: don't know what I'm saying. It's very warm today.
0: It's so hot.
1: I'm in a room without air conditioning.
0: Speaking of sweating and rooms without air conditioning, one of the tropes of E3 was that it was a very uh, body odor heavy space. Massive exhibition halls with very poor ventilation, which does not make for a fun olfactory experience.
1: Have you been to E3?
0: No. Have you?
1: Yes, I've been once. And I went, I think it was the last year before they opened it up to the public. So that's seen by many as the slow decline of E3, when it stopped being a media and industry event and started being every other, you know, just kind of expo that that fans go to, or conventions, fan conventions. So I do think my experience wasn't necessarily quote unquote pure E3, but I do have to say the sweat was not unnoticed. <laughs>
0: i mean you don't sweat
1: i oh i do sweat i just don't smell that that's different
0: and when you go to a convention center it probably is very very useful but what were your overall impressions i know like you said you were there before the general public was let in but did you have a good time
1: i think there is something a little bit magical about the kind of effort that goes into putting something like that together right like It's in the same way as when COVID happened and we are all work from home and people started doing their little events online and you kind of go, oh, this is actually sort of convenient. I don't have to leave the house. Um, I'm nice and comfortable. And companies are like, wow, we can save so much money by just doing a stream rather than having to pay to get people out here and then feed them and whatever else. Uh, But it's that kind of slow erosion that starts to make things stop being special and I think that that's really what I'm gonna miss about E3 because don't get me wrong being at E3 not that magical (laughs) (laughs) didn't feel that special while I was there like it was kind of cool and stuff but there is a part of me that does go man really feel like this could have been a stream but then you keep doing that and then you don't have the magic anymore. Like, you don't get the crowd reaction. You don't get those weird live moments when everything ends up being a pre-record like a Nintendo Direct that just gets pumped out. You don't get yeah. Jason Derulo being like, Jason Derulo! Jason Derulo!
0: You don't get Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr coming out for 50 seconds. Probably cost about 30 million USD to pay them to do it. And they I don't think they were prepped in any way. I mean, you don't get the cringe, Rad. You don't get proper live moments of iconic cringe because it all gets cut out.
1: You don't get Keanu Reeves going, you're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking.
0: I mean, if he told me that, I think I'd levitate out of my chair, but also <laughs> I would argue, Rad, that that set the standards so high that cyberpunk couldn't not fail because for many people, that was the, the level they were meant to enter at. So everything below that was just sub-Keanu.
1: Are you saying that because Keanu did that, everyone was going to be disappointed by cyberpunk because it had already peaked? Or are you saying that that we're just gonna be so jazzed about it either way.
0: Here's the thing about gaming junkets and gaming press, Rad, that you know very well. Sometimes if you're in the press, you get subjected to a truly astounding moment in your life. Now, whether it's Kiana Reeves coming out and telling you how incredible you are, the thing that you experienced in the promotion of the, of the event was so much better than the game experience was that when the press get back and they play that game that's full of bugs and whatnot, it can't possibly surpass the moment that they saw Keanu Reeves in the flesh. Does that make sense?
1: Right. So you're saying they done themselves in by showing you a good time because then you go, (laughs) man, this game is not as fun as the good time that I had that was supposed to be like the game in a way. Like you, You build that association of the trip is supposed to feel as good as the game.
0: I'm shooting myself in the foot here, Rad, because what I'm saying to people who do these amazing trips, don't send me I won't enjoy myself, which is the worst thing to do.
1: What I'm hearing really is... It's a smart thing to cancel E3 then because all it's doing is is making games not seem as fun.
0: It's also extremely expensive. I mean, I think at one point Activision had like five massive builds where they basically came in and built like roller coasters and escape rooms and all these experiences for a video game convention. It was super analog and very physical. And I think you're right. I will miss that because I love it when people go really hard when a PR team goes, what have we built this huge thing, this bespoke thing, and it's never going to be used again. And only the people who were there that year talk about it in like reverent tones. And maybe, you know, I think that is a loss.
1: Yeah, I think those experiences are so important as well for putting a stamp on like an era of games, right? Like it separates yeah. them out in your mind. So you go, oh yeah, that was the era of, for me, a Sonic game that I can't remember which one it was, uh, but I remember it because there was a trampoline that you could jump on and try and grab the ring. <laughs> that was my E3 experience. That's great. <laughs>
0: That's... It's ridiculously charming. And I honestly sometimes think maybe maybe I, I lament the fact that people who aren't in the media get to don't get to do these experiences.
1: Well, I mean it's exciting to see companies invest that much in showing off their games, right? Like building a bunch of things just to be like play our game or it's coming soon. That shows that they really care about them. And I think it creates this sort of feedback loop where people see the investment these companies are putting in and they go, oh, that's really cool. You know, they really care about this thing and therefore it's going to be good. And I think that that helps them buy into it more. So again, it's just like, it's that death by a thousand cuts. You start stripping this stuff away, which admittedly. I do think feels excessive, it feels like a lot of fanfare um it feels like it's maybe a little bit wasteful. it feels unnecessary, but then when you don't have it, like what are you doing? you know it's you know what this is Paul what this is like how I don't really care for occasion that much, and I don't do special stuff to make you know times special right. I'm like really bad at it. Christmas is maybe the only one that I don't even go hard but I'm like excited about but birthdays, New Year's, just uh, anniversaries, anything I'm sort of like I mean I'll acknowledge it but it's kind of just another day and that's sad that's actually a really sad existence. It's a little bit pathetic, right?
0: Yeah. Well, okay, so what you're saying is they've made a very rad decision, whereas in fact they should be making the decision of somebody who loves occasion and loves doing huge blowout gestures.
1: I think so, because I think my distaste or, like, disinterest for occasion actually comes from a deeply psychologically sick position where I'm just like, <laughs> it's just not worth it, you know? Like, nothing's worth it. <laughs>
0: oh my God, oh my God, the void, the voids are approaching. Okay, so when you see stuff like huge gestures being made, for example, uh, recently Sony released the new Spider-Man game and in Sydney oh, I believe yes. they rigged up this huge shipping container that looked like it had been webbed in place between two things and that's that would have been expensive, time-consuming, high concept and yet it would have been made by the same types of creatives who did stuff at E3. And maybe this is like a democratization of those big scale activations that a decade ago could only be seen by the press.
1: I think yes and no, because when you're presenting it to like games press, that is an audience that you know care, right? They're people that are like, I can't wait to find out more about this new Spider-Man game. But when you put it in the public, I guess you're hoping that people care rather than talking to your audience. and. That's right. not to say that games aren't mainstream, because they definitely are, but I think there are very few games that have that absolutely broad appeal.
0: Whereas Spider-Man has extremely broad appeal and fights crime. I think everyone gets that reference.
1: Absolutely. And there's films that make it make sense, etc. But I think the other thing is like a lot of those things can end up just being like a photo opportunity. And they're not really experiences, and I don't know if they're things that will stick with people in the same way, that something like E3 will. Like, I will, as bad as my memory is, I will remember that for the rest of, or parts of it, I will remember parts of it for the rest of my life.
0: Whereas I would argue that no one's going to remember the uh, virtual only one they threw in 2021 because it stopped in 2019 and they tried doing a virtual only one during COVID and it didn't work and it died. And I think maybe we need to look back on it with a sense of romance and nostalgia, much like we do with the Colosseum because the bloodshed that occurred there is just but a distant... (laughs)
1: You know what? You're so right. Bring back E three, but make it a Coliseum style <laughs> event. Yeah. I yeah. wanna see bloodshed. I wanna I wanna be thumbing <laughs> up and down games to determine whether or not they get to get to final release yeah
0: absolutely and then only only two well then you only get one game a year but god it worked hard to get there (laughs) and you know who else worked hard to get here rad you and me to the end of this sweltering episode of game for anything let's pull one out for e3 and let's head off into the sunset and have a great weekend so thank you so much for listening to game for Anything. i'm paul that's rad see you later